Welcome to Breaking Cyber Barriers. I'm your host, Liz Faginas, cybersecurity recruiter, certified executive coach, trusted advisor, and partner of Philip Madison, a woman-known cybersecurity search firm with over 20 years of experience. My podcast will delve into the world of cybersecurity, uncovering trends and exploring its limitless potential. So join me to hear how industry leaders share their experiences and strategies for success. Good day, everyone, and welcome to Breaking Cyber Barriers. Today, our special guest is Cleve Adams. Cleve is a five-time venture capital private equity-backed tech CEO with over 20 years of experience in leading in transforming and selling companies in cybersecurity, AI, and SaaS markets. Cleve has delivered an impressive return of 21-time investors and successfully completed two IPOs and four acquisitions, including starting WebSense, which is cybersecurity's first unicorn, by the way. He's currently the founder and managing director at Trestles Group, where he invests in and advises growth and late-stage companies in many fields of expertise. Cleve is also a member of Forbes CEO Council, a prestigious network of influential and innovative business leaders. So welcome, Cleve. How impressive. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Liz. I appreciate the introduction. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you as a guest. So today, you're going to share with us the evolution of cybersecurity and your experience and journey throughout the past 20 years. And I can remember when I got involved in cybersecurity, it was actually referred to as PKI, which we talked about, uh, public key infrastructure. So that's a long time ago. <laughs> but anyway, tell us how cybersecurity started and by whom. That's a great question. Cybersecurity started back, you know, in the in the sixties and the seventies because uh, the government wanted to protect its data. So obviously, um, when networks started and the internet started and so on, they had to come up with the ways to protect the data. So cybersecurity got started pretty early on, if you think about it, with um, government organizations trying to um, protect their data. So. That went way back in the ARPANET days and, uh, you know, back in the IBM days when they were trying to protect data on their mainframes. And so, you know, it's been happening a long, long time. So in the 90s, what companies were in cyber? Well, you know, we started WebSense uh, in 1996. And at that point, there were only a handful of companies in cyber at the time. And matter of fact, it wasn't even called cyber. It was just called security, software security. Uh, so when we started WebSense, Cisco had just bought the PIX firewall. So Cisco was in the mix. Checkpoint was just brought over in 1996 uh, from Israel. So they were in the mix. Microsoft had their proxy server. So they were in the mix. And then a small company uh, called Symantec, they were there also. So you can see that there were a few people in the business in 1996 time. Interesting. 
And we all had to partner with each other because we were just trying to start a part of an organization that wasn't there. We didn't really have a market yet. People were just thinking about getting on the internet. 1996. Matter of fact, I made a few sales calls where the guys were saying, yeah, I'm thinking about getting on that internet thing. And they just started buying firewalls uh, way back, you know, I think 1995, 1994 were the first firewalls bought. 1996, they were just catching on. And so it was pretty interesting. We had to uh, partner with Cisco on their PIX firewall. We partnered with Checkpoint uh, with their firewall. Microsoft had the proxy server, so we partnered with Microsoft. And then obviously McAfee was there with their antivirus uh, for computers. So the only people in the business at that point was Cisco, Checkpoint, you know, John McAfee and me. Interesting. Yeah. So you're partnering with all of these companies. That's right. And uh, we all, you know, had to go out and build channels. We had to go out and find customers. And so we worked with each other very closely on, uh, you know, how to get the job done. And it was pretty interesting because, you know, we had to make sure our products worked together. Um, and so we did integrations. Uh, the Checkpoint uh, did integrations with WebSense products. Uh, WebSense did integration with the Cisco products. And, uh, you know, we all had to make sure that we were integrated with each other's products. So basically, it was pretty easy to integrate with the products at that time. We all had open APIs and we integrated together. As a matter of fact, when I went up to Cisco one afternoon to speak with the marketing department, I took my engineer and the engineer left with the Cisco engineer. And about an hour and a half later, they both came back and said, we got it working. So both the products were working together within hours. And then uh, we started selling our product uh, with the Cisco PIX firewall. So that's basically how it all got started in the 60s and 70s with ARPANET. Uh, you know, in the 80s, uh, Texas Instruments came up with something called the Tieway, the TI-Way, their own data highway. Uh, they partnered with IBM to create the TI-Way, the internal secure data highway in cooperation with IBM. Uh, and then obviously in the 90s came, you know, the Cisco Checkpoint Microsoft McAfee WebSense partnership. Pretty fascinating when you think about it. Yeah, you know, it was very, at the very beginning, it was an exciting time. Uh, we all had to work together because we were trying to start a market. We really didn't have a big market out there, but security was very important. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and you worked well collaboratively, which I find fascinating in itself yeah we worked collaboratively worldwide too so it wasn't just uh in the united states it was around the world so we had to go out and build partnerships and have offices and have systems integrators uh, around the world wow so it was a it was a big endeavor it absolutely was so <laughs> did you really start websense with two guys and a dog <laughs> Well, we, I had two guys and a dog and a plastic table. Back then, you know, we were able to uh, go out and get a couple of customers. One of the customers we were able to close uh, in the first few months of business was Compact Computer. I was flying in an airplane coming back from Washington, D.C., and, and I read a little article in the C-section of the Wall Street Journal. And you know you're desperate when you get to the C-section of the Wall Street Journal you know, <laughs> when you're on the airplane, right, because you have nothing else to do. So... I looked on the C, I think it was bottom right-hand corner of page C-17, and I noticed that the compact computer had laid off 17 employees for internet abuse. 
So when I landed in San Diego, I flipped it around and went right to Houston and, and walked right into the office of the guy that was quoted in the newspaper article and told him I had a solution for him. So my first big Fortune 500 customer was Compaq. Uh, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. After that, we had, uh, you know, 350 to 400 uh, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, we had most 1,500 of the global 2,000. And when I left WebSense, we had 20,000 customers and 1,100 resellers and distributors in 82 countries. So it was quite a, it was quite a sprint. What a roller coaster ride. But I couldn't have done it without Cisco and Checkpoint and Microsoft. What are we looking at? How many years of, of you? Well, we actually started in 1996. Product came out early 1997. Uh, partnerships with, uh, you know, Cisco Checkpoint happened in 97. 1998, we closed our first Fortune 500. And, uh, you know, through the 1998, 1999, and the year 2000 was when we started collecting all these resellers and distributors. So a pretty interesting uh, time, those four years. Wow. How many products would you say were introduced by WebSense? Well, WebSense had their main product, which was a, a content filter, you know, allowing or not allowing different content to get on your, you know, in your business and through your network. So that's how it all started off is managing sort of internet managing where your employees can go and where they can't go and uh, what sites they should go to and what sites they shouldn't, those types of things. So that's how it all started for WebSense. And the reason we've partnered with the firewall guys is because they were blocking anybody getting into your network. And so we figured, okay, well, that made sense. If they're going to block people, we're going to go in alongside of them and block all the content that once they get inside the network, once the employees go out and retrieve the, the data that they want, that we make sure that it was data that the company saw fit for them to, uh, to use. What would you say were your biggest challenges throughout that period of time of building WebSense? That's funny, Liz. Uh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> so getting up in the morning and trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to make payroll? How much money do I need this, this week, this month? Uh, we were lucky enough to go out and raise uh, $6 million in a Series A financing from Morgan Stanley uh, Ventures. And uh, after that, the rest was history. So that was, uh, uh, we really were able to go in and raise uh, $6 million in our Series A, uh, $16 million in our Series B. And then we went public in March of 2000. So uh, that was 23 years ago. So amazing how long ago that was. But really, it was the beginning of cybersecurity as we know it today. What a fascinating story. and What an amazing success. There are so many stories that we could tell, but obviously don't have time to do it here. <laughs> well, I appreciate you just sharing that with all of us. That's fascinating. So different level, how does AI fit in now? If we can start talking about AI. So what happened is recently uh, McKinsey came out with a report that says the market for cybersecurity is going to be about $2 trillion by 2025, which means this market is growing and growing and growing. A cyber attacks are proliferating, causing trillions of dollars of damage every year. So the market uh, is going to be here and is going to stay. So what's, how's it going to get better? 
um, the, the way we can do it is we need to anticipate these attacks better. We need to use artificial intelligence to study data, uh, massive amounts of data, not only our own commercial data, but also government data to try to figure out where these guys are attacking from, how they're attacking, how are they getting in, you know, what are our vulnerabilities? I mean, they're attacking from just breaking into ports on computers, breaking into firmware on printers, any way they can to get into the network uh, to steal data. And I understand the MGM just got hacked and everybody knows about that one where they actually called in with the telephone and found out the IT manager's password. So there are many, many ways for this, the assailants to come in and hack into your system and steal your data and hold it for ransom. We have to be better at anticipating that. Uh, the market's gonna continue to grow, uh, trillions of dollars of damages, uh, Fortune 500, Global 2000 companies getting you know hacked every single day. We just don't hear about them because it's over and over and over again every day. We just have to get better. Artificial intelligence is going to help us get better. It's gonna help us be able to analyze what we're doing and it's gonna be, uh, we're going to be able to anticipate where the attacks are coming from before they get here. The other side of it is that we have generated AI-powered attacks now. So not only are we using AI to try and find the hacks, but they're using AI to be more sophisticated in their hacking capability. AI-powered phishing and ransomware attacks are everywhere. They're becoming increasingly sophisticated making them more difficult to detect and defend against. So we have to get better using the tools that we have uh, because they're going to get better using those same tools. It's pretty amazing. Uh, now the hackers, Liz, uh, can do automated attacks using artificial intelligence. They can be used to automate many of the tasks involved in phishing and ransomware attacks, making them more efficient and more scalable. So AI is going to be a blessing, but is also going to be a powerful attacking tool for those companies to attack us uh, using automated attacks with increased sophistication. Artificial intelligence can be used to target phishing and ransomware attacks at specific individuals as well, or, or small organizations, or small communities, or small hospitals, making them more likely to be successful. So AI can really be uh, you know, can you be your best friend or your, or your worst enemy? Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing about AI powered phishing and ransomware attacks is they can cause more damage than traditional attacks. They can encrypt more data and demand higher ransom payments. So you can see that, uh, you know, we're, if we don't use the latest tools, the sophistication of artificial intelligence to help us predict, uh, and project where those hacks are coming from, we're going to be in a lot of trouble because they're going to do it themselves and become more targeted and, and the damage will increase. We're in a very invulnerable situation uh, during these times, obviously. So, um, I'm glad it's not me in charge. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, well, the the good part about about this whole thing is that you know I've been doing this now since '96, which is what 27 years. I mean, I've been doing uh, cybersecurity even before they called it cyber. Right. And watching the evolution of the small amounts of uh, problems that we had in the '90s uh, becoming the massive, huge amount of problems that we have today. It's just amazing at the sophistication of the hacker. I mean, back in the 90s, you had very small hacks and you had, uh, and then you had ways to stop them and block them. Even, you know, people in, in malware back in those days injecting viruses into your system. You know, believe it or not, uh, John McAfee was a leader in that area by going out and bringing in an antivirus uh, software for your computer just in case you put a, a floppy disk in your computer system that had a virus on it, or you downloaded uh, viruses from your AOL connection. So those are the things that started this whole thing off. And then it kept getting more sophisticated, more intense. And today, as you know, there's hundreds, hundreds of uh, cybersecurity companies out there yeah. with all kinds of solutions you know, point solutions and uh, network and infrastructure solutions and web security and endpoint security and application security, uh, service providers, data security, mobile security goes on and on and on and on, risk and compliance. There's just so many verticals within this big vertical of uh, companies trying to have a solution to help corporations fight uh, this incredible uh hacking with capability of today's uh, criminals. Just phenomenal. It's, it's a bit overwhelming at times, obviously, but uh, it's fascinating as well. It's very fascinating. So you talked a little bit about that, but where do you feel we're going from here? Well, um, coming from a guy that started a cyber company with two guys and a dog on a plastic table. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not the greatest expert at where we're going in the future, but there are a lot of guys out there that are starting cyber companies with two guys and a dog right now, today, probably in, probably in your garage next door. Yeah. And they're going to come up with the best solutions of helping keep these hackers out and malware from infecting mm -hmm. systems and the ransomware from going in and attacking, uh, your your very sophisticated cybersecurity systems. Like we said, the MGM got hacked with a phone call. Yeah. So they're they're getting more creative and and uh, and you know being worse. But the thing we can count on is they're not going to stop. Uh, the AI can be used to create new attack vectors, such as using chatbots to deliver phishing attacks, or using deep fakes to create realistic videos. That can be used to social engineer victims, so to speak. Mm. And so they're going to get more sophisticated and there's going to be more ways that they're going to attack your system. It's pretty amazing to watch all of this and to see everything that happens and how it's all evolved. It's fascinating. Do you know that chat GPT, uh, we all talked about yeah. uh, AI and chat GPT, but they can be used to generate mutating malware that evades modern security techniques. So it's never gonna stop, Liz, and uh, I just hope we can keep up with everybody that, you know, all of the hackers that are out there and, you know, all the ransomware developers. Uh, I just hope we can keep up and be more sophisticated than they are 
to help them, you know, to keep the attacks down and keep them at a minimum. Absolutely, for sure. What countries do you feel would be more cutting edge to collaborate with us on this? Well, obviously, the United States is the most technological savvy country in the world. Right. By far, uh, still. And even though people say we're not, we are. Uh, but, you know, there are a lot of countries out there that, that uh, help us with our software development. Well, like India, for instance, there's a lot of software developers in India. There's a lot of European countries as well uh, that have capability uh, to be very sophisticated in their, in their software development, like Poland and, you know, Belarus and Belgium and those countries. They, they all have um, very sophisticated engineers that they're hiring out now to help you develop software that will combat this uh, hacking capability that hackers have. Those countries, I think, uh, can help us the most. That's great. It's all very enlightening. It's, it's all new. It's, it's so different these days, you know, but we're moving forward in many different ways. So that's the good news. Is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up today? Well, um, the only thing I'd like to add is that, uh, you know, there are guys uh, like me out there that help uh, companies figure out uh, how to stop attacks in their organizations. And so um, we come up with the most sophisticated ways uh, to help. And if anybody needs any help with that, uh, they can contact me offline. Uh, you know, what I'd like to do is also close with saying that, you know, it's not going to stop. Uh, it's only going to get worse. Look how much has progressed in 20 years. Uh, 20 years from now, it will be twice as bad, maybe 10 times as bad. Uh, so we just need to be you know, diligent and we need to be prepared and we need to be nonstop more sophisticated than we are today. That's for sure, Clave. And by the way, to add, you're, you're a guest speaker often in many different geographics, you know, too. So that, that's just something I, you're a fantastic as speaker. Oh, thanks so much. Well, I, I did one in Los Angeles and Orange County recently. I was uh, at a conference in New York where I spoke and and I'd be happy to uh, speak at any of these conferences and talk about, you know, not only what's happening today in cybersecurity, but what happened back in the old days and how this whole thing got started. Uh, we can have a lot of fun with conversations about uh, Arbanet and, uh, you know, the development of the Internet and, uh, you know, SaaS companies. Hey, I wanted to add something, too, is that I've been said that I'm the godfather of SaaS. I think that's very funny. The one reason why I want to bring that up is because WebSense, we think, was the first SaaS company. Uh, we were a software as a service back in 1997, and no one I can think of, and no one that I've ever spoken to, knows of another SaaS company available in 1997. So that means that we kind of invented the software as a service. Uh, you know, I'm kidding, by the way, like Al Gore invented the internet. Right. So we uh, uh, we think we invented the software as a service product, and I can't think of another. No one can think of another product in '97 that was uh, a SaaS product like that. So I like to have a little fun with that in my speeches and, and talk about how that's developed, and you know that I'm the king of SaaS. Well, I think it's a fascinating background and and story to tell for sure. 
So, Cleve, it's been such a pleasure to have you on my podcast and to share the evolution of, you know, cybersecurity and your incredible contribution and success throughout your career. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Liz. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Until our next podcast, bye for now.